had an unbelievable experience, which I think would be a good thing to start out this class. And that is, not so long ago I got to marry somebody off, uh, Leonid Sarah Sikolovsky. And I'll tell you what I love, I loved about it. See, I, I taught the chassan, the groom, uh, cause I won't close that because the judge, Baruch Hashem, is excited about his learning. So I got to teach the groom. And I teach, I teach grooms. I am merciless. Even though really the, the kala has to know, the bride has to know, the laws of family purity touch bracha well. I told Leonid 50 times, you're not, I'm not marrying you off, you're not getting married unless you know Vestas. You're not, you're not getting married unless you know this. And I made sure that he knew it. Well, right? He, it was a couple of weeks, he had, he, had, he had difficult in some of the topics. And I, I still pushed him to... Um, to make sure he knew it. But what's unbelievable is, is that you can sit there and you can learn all of these uh, halachas and, uh, you know, technical, not exciting, not particularly uh, enthralled. The whole time, the whole time as we're learning this, he was so excited. <laughs> you're learning Vestas you're learning Chatzitzas you're learning Ian the Nikvan again and he has to know just in order the Shilas and what's Tomei what's that I'm telling you the man was so excited you know why he was looking at marriage he saw that this leads me to a happy marriage this will lead me to my wedding it lead me to a happy marriage and throughout the study first of all he applied himself because of that number two it was so joyous it was extremely joyous that I even danced. Oh, at the wedding. That's the wedding. I was yeah, but the wedding is, was, there's music, like with me, like saying, you know, it's a vest, this and that, you know, you'd say, like, it's technical. It was very exciting for him. You know why? Because he saw the end. And when we're doing this, you got to see what the goal is, right? The goal for us on Pesach is to be close to Hashem. The goal for us to Pesach is to uh, have a deep relationship with Hashem to uh, get rid of not only the chametz but to get rid of bad character traits as I say every year the Radvaz says that the Yitzhahara is represented by chametz to, to work on that but also to come into the Seder feeling look how much of Hashem I did so it should be um, a, a, an experience like we're getting married and I can tell you if you're excited about the wedding and you think about the marriage uh, your whole thing is different. I, and I, and I, I looked at this stuff and I bought this. I gave it to my wife for the past two weeks. I just saw it literally for 15 minutes today. This book, Prepare for Pesach B'Simcha. Now, it's a, it's a, it's a, I got it, I saw it, I, again, I threw it to my wife. But what, I, what I, I didn't give any wedding metaphors, but it remi- really reminded me of that experience. And I just want to read a couple things. It, it just, when we're doing this and when we're cleaning, uh, that should really be our goal. So she has this 12 secrets to start off. Number one, pull out all the stops. Pesach is a time of royalty. You are a queen and your husband is a king. Wear your finest outfits and use your most beautiful dishes, right? You want to make sure that when you come to Pesach, right, you should be all looking fantastic. The house looks great, just like my wedding. Uh, number two, know what it takes. What will it, what will it take for you to come to the Seder relaxed, right? Part of it, imagine if I, one thing, you know, whenever I'm grooming a chas of the kala, so I'll tell them, 
you know, don't come in to your wedding, do all your plans hectic, and the day of your wedding, you're exhausted, and you missed out so much of the excitement, right, or the mother of the kala, or the mother of the, or, or the husband, don't come into your wedding. Make sure you're coming relaxed. It's, it's crazy for somebody to come into the Seder, a shmata, right? For, that's, that, that means you, that, that's mismanagement, right? It's mismanagement. You should, the, the goal should be coming into the Seder, right? In good spirits, with strength, happy, excited. Number three, take responsibility. Once you've cre- you created your vision, it's time to take a list of all the steps it's going to take to make it reality. Number four, she, the, this lady, Chava Dumas, elaborates on these things. Number four, ignore others who have an unhealthy approach to Pesach. One big obstacle to enjoying Pesach is that the opposite viewpoint is so prevalent. I don't like negative people, per, period. I really don't like negative people. I have no tolerance for negativity around myself because I, f- I view negativity as contagious and I view it as anti-Jewish, completely anti-Jewish. So I, if I'm counseling someone, it's one thing. But in my house, <laughs> I have no patience for negativity. Right? It's, so, it's so anti-Jewish. But for some reason, people think they're funny and they're cute and they're, they're, they're fu- you know, like my teenager daughter, like her and her friends think certain things are funny, and then they get older, they realize it was just immature. But they they have to do certain things because everyone else is doing it. So some people like to kvetch about Pesach, and they think that part of preparing about Pesach is to be a kvetcher. So you call up your friend, your girlfriend, and say, "Oh, do you know what I had to do today? Oh, oh, I can't believe it, right?" Ah, oh. you know, I, 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 I once mentioned this video. I was on a plane. See, I had a tough life as a yeshiva bacher. You know, I come home. I, 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 I used to come home uh, for Pesach every year in Florida. And I come home usually be a day, two days before Pesach, and my house was usually Pesach. Although I got plenty of work once I was there. I do all the matzahs and the, the lettuce. Da, 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 da. So I'm on a plane once. The lady going to hotel from New York, going to South Florida for a hotel. And she stops by me. She's like, I hate Pesach. <laughs> that's her, and it, that's like, she didn't say, Shalom Aleichem, how are you? I mean, it wasn't such a religious lady, you know, wasn't dressed uh, like uh, Shalayim, exactly. But she was clearly Orthodox, and she said to me, I hate Pesach. She was like, going back to our wedding, I hate getting married. <laughs> or I hate marriage. Someone called, Do you know what my husband did to me today? Do you know what I had to cook him supper today? can't believe that. No, seriously. This is not how you talk about Pesach. This is not how you talk about your wedding with Hashem. Right? This is not how a Yid talks about one of the most unbelievable opportunities of getting close to Hashem. So ignore others who have an unhealthy approach to Pesach. Number five. Know yourself. Always a good idea in growing in Torah. Growing in mitzvahs. Know yourself, right? Uh, this is not saying, obviously you should know yourself, ask yourself the following questions. What are my standards for housekeeping during the year? What must be done for Pesach for me to feel, feel that the house is clean, kosher, ready for Yom Tov? Do I work better at night with my kids, etc.? Number six, get organized. There's no doubt about it. You have to have a game plan, just like you get married. <laughs> you think you walk into a wedding and you say, okay, half-hazard, no, you got to have a game plan. 
When am I going to cook? When am I going to do this? What needs to be done? Number seven. Here's a novel idea for Pesach. Take care of yourself. Take care of yourself ahead of time. Okay? Um, number eight, get the help you need. Get get the help you need. I uh, I I am not a rich man, but I and I lose a lot of money at Purim, but I pay a lot of money for housekeeping around Pesach Pay at time. Uh, I, 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 I don't... Uh, I, I don't uh, look at the bill until after Pesach, <laughs> <laughs> and I say, "It was worth everything." I say, "Baruch Hashem Yom Yom." I was well trained, but uh, I, I, I don't shirk money. You got to get first for sanity, for the mitzvah. Um, trust me, uh, I think the only way to play at Pesach in my house is Christina. <laughs> She's like, oh, Pesach, you know, Passover. She knows about it, like you know. Yeah. So um, number nine, uh, reward yourself. You know, reward yourself. Some days will be easier than others. Some tasks will be easier than others. When going gets tough, reward yourself. A shopping trip, a new book, a tape, an outfit, a morning off. List three words you want to tell to your husbands. Quote me. Number ten. Turn Pesach into a vacation, right? Now, what does that mean? Obviously, if you, you, it means take something, either a half a day off, or Pesach is your day off, whatever it may be. Like, it should be that you come in with a mentality that you want to. This is what you have. This is how you do it. Number twelve, create an atmosphere in your home of excitement. Let me tell you, when I was for the time I was on the, the basketball team, to now I realized a long time ago psychology is psyching yourself up for something mm-hmm. makes all the difference. When you're in a basketball team and you're playing against a big opponent, you kind of come, let's go, let's go! You know? So let me tell you, I have my kids, if I'm going to try to get these kids to work to do something, if I'm coming screaming and nervous, so the whole atmosphere in the house is like, you know, pace, oh my goodness, you know, like, you know, all right, let, it's exciting, let's see who gets this, we're going to give prizes, we're going to do rewards, who's going to get this? It's a different feeling, right? It's, you create an atmosphere, right? It's, you put on some music, you know, get shalshelis. If you like Yaakov Shweki, get Shweki. If you like Bach, by all means, listen to Bach. I don't know how you get so excited about listening to Bach, but if you, that's who, that's what does it for you, or Beethoven, Gesundheit, hate. Whatever it takes, right? Create an atmosphere house. These things, this is looking at Pesach as the goal. The goal of Pesach and cleaning is to get that. Actually, just, I had some one other thing. I'm sure this book has a lot of other things. I literally spent maybe 10 to 15 minutes, so I don't think that much. Uh, and I saw these, these kernels, these nice things. She says like this, in the midst of all of our cleaning and decluttering, let's remember that we are engaging in a process that is cleansing and healing. I love that. Try to take a few moments every day to help enhance this process. Find a safer that inspires you and read a few pages every night. Two, buy a new Haggadah. Number three, study the commentary on Shirashim. Come on, this is our wedding. You think I just talked to Leon Sakalovsky about the the law of the book? I talked about what it means to be married, how you ask as a husband. I spoke about more of the intimate areas. I had to tell everything. You gotta get married. You gotta, you gotta be excited. You gotta just, not just the details. Right? You're getting, it's it's the whole shebang. Um, number four, pick a, a, a Mr. Safer. These are just ideas. You have to do all this. Pick a Mr. Safer to learn. Number five, read. Uh, stories, you know, stories of unbelievable divine uh, uh, providence. Uh, re- review Shmos, the, the commentary about the, about Mitzrayim. Number six, 
uh, read a book about Pesach that you can share with your children every night. And most importantly, look for something that inspires you. That's how you should be coming into Pesach. We should be excited. If I should show it, I could, if I could have videotaped me telling this guy, Leonid, Leonid, you want to get married? I want to get married. Right? Excitement. You see, you know, there's an excitement there. By the way, anyone who says wedding, was, was the man was like, was that, was, he was like, woo! You know, super excited. Like, you know, that's the way it should be. And you know what he's excited about? All of it. Not just the, the party. I can tell you, that's how it is. When you, when you, when you have that goal in mind. So our goal, is to be close to Hashem with a Chag, Kasher, Kasher, should we Kosher? And Sameach. Right? It goes hand in hand. Right? Kasher with Sameach. That's the goal. So tonight, we're mostly focusing on the Kasher, but if it's not Sameach, then we miss the point. Right? And as we're doing this, it should be that's the goal. So, having said that, we know that on Pesach, uh, Jews around the world are super careful to get out any chametz. Uh, there are three prohibitions about chametz. There's a prohibition to own, right? Chametz, actually. So, right before his class, Phil Hoffman's leaving tomorrow morning with his family to uh, New York. He's not going to be here the whole Pesach. Well, guess what? If he has chametz in his house, he owns chametz. That would be a problem. So, he sold his house and his cars. Right? To get out of the comments. So even if you don't see it, even not around it, you're not allowed to own it. Boulder Creek, are you going there during Pesach? Yeah, I think it's closed off. Okay, but let's say you wouldn't be going there. It makes no difference. Yeah. You own a house, Sonora, right? You gotta sell Sonora. Right? Actually, Sonora, you do the early sale. You gotta do, you do that early. Because you're not going to, unless you want to drive up to do Bidika's Chametz, the night of, you want to sell that 13th, early. So you sell your house, because you, even if, Bungalows. If you're in New York, everyone has, you know, from Brooklyn, more than 50% of the Jews in Brooklyn have a bungalow in the Catskills. Uh, at least in certain parts of Brooklyn, right? So, if you're not there on Pesach, it makes a difference. you got to get it out of your possession. Uh, number two is, you um, you can't have any Hana, right? And Hana, hana means pleasure. 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 And number three means, uh, you can't even possess other people's chametz, which we'll get to, which we're not going to do tonight. What is the, the iser, the, the, the prohibition? It's actually a kazayas, okay? A kazayas. A kazayas is a prox, it's an olive technically. Um, but it's, we, since it's an it's a compressed olive, it's a, it's a little bit larger. Now, if it's less than a kazayas, it still may be prohibited. But only if, but only if it's edible. Okay? So the Mishabura says that if, uh, you have, let's say, for example, I've given this example before, if you take under, uh, a fridge, you don't even look under a fridge, it could be a crumb there, a little crumb, but what else is there? There's dust. There's dirt. Would anyone eat that? No. Let's say, you, you know, your garbage bin, there's, uh, there's some, the black one that they have from the city of San Jose. On the bottom, there's some crumbs with the with the gook. Would anyone ever think of possibly eating that? Does that make you revolt, even the thought of it, to, to take a crumb from the bottom of your garbage can? So, technically speaking, assuming that those crumbs are like that, it would not be forbidden on Pesach, which is important. We have got to actually know what we're looking for. Now, again, there's a concept to look for every single ounce of chametz, but we're going to know if our goal is to ha- come. You know, if you plan for a wedding plan for a wedding and you want to get every detail straight 
which is great, but if it takes away from your happiness, takes away from the wedding, it's a problem. So we gotta know what we need to do, we gotta know what's nice to do, right? The game plan is for us to rejoice in it. A Pesach, you know, I always say my highlight for my Seder is Halal. Um, I get to Halal, I, you've been to my Seder before, right? I am saying Halal. I'm, I'm close to Hashem. I know, usually I have three cups of wine, it helps also. But, I, I don't, there's nothing else that exists. It's a time, you know, that's, that's, that, you know, it's hollow, it's hollow, you know. Our goal is to be hollow, feeling so close to Akash Barko. It's so, if it's taking on a, a, a serious chumrah takes away from that, then that's not necessarily a good deal. Now, on Pesach, we have a couple really, all called, for lack of a better word, Whopper chumras, big time chumras, big time stringencies. Uh, number one, on Pesach, there is no nullification, which means if you would have a barrel as big as this room of wine, you, you know, like you, you imagine if I was once in, in Denver, in the Coors Beer Factory, right? This is uh, 16, 17 years, 17 years ago, 16, 17 years ago. I remember I was sitting there, I was looking at Yeshiva Bachar, my family, a few other families. Somebody tells me, the lady is giving the tour and she has tea, and you know. This is at the time, Coors is the only one with, with kosher supervision. So I'm very proud of it. So you can see these huge vats of beer. You have a huge vat of beer, it's chametz, right? <laughs> beer is chametz. But now switch it to Coca-Cola, right? You have, you have a huge vat of Coca-Cola, right? Coca- right? And it doesn't have, have corn, sweetener, you drop one crumb in that vat, the whole thing is not kosher paper. There's no bitol. Uh, usually people get questions, they start asking their 60 times as much. No nullification on Pesach. Number two, for Ashkenazim, um, uh, and this is why you have to cook in kosher the Pesach pots and pans even before Pesach, right? Usually we have a concept of Eino uh, Ben Yomo, right? Is no Santam of Gam. Something that's not that day after 24 hours. If you take a, let's say has a person has a meat pot, Right, it's 24 hours old, and they cook in that meat pot after that meat pot milk. Right, in that meat pot, it has been it's a clean meat pot, and they cooked milk in it after 24 hours. What's the halacha? I don't know. You should ask. What? The milk's fine. The pot's trafe. <laughs> the pot's not trafe, but the milk's fine. And the reason the milk is fine, the reason the milk is fine, is because the meat that was in the pot is no longer. Is no longer is no longer good. So any so which means like this: if you would take a chametz pot on the middle of Pesach and cook with it, it's completely clean, right? That doesn't apply. No smell of garbage. That problem. If you have a countertop, right, completely clean, hasn't been used in six months, and, and hot something hot hits it on the countertop with chametz, it's a problem. So the kitchen is going to be by far our. If you when I think about expenditure of time you I think in the kitchen and secondly the, the dining room or eating area whatever that may be that's where approximately 75 to 80 percent of a normal family time should be uh, spent that is the, the real concern uh, the rest of the house what we should be looking for bedrooms so adults well if you have little kids we'll get to one second if you're if you have adults and or older kids, you gotta look around. Every the floor should take you, right? You see, you 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 mop your floor if there are floors like like this with soap water. You don't even have to check it really because 
technically you can see the map with soap water if, if the soap water hits the anyway crumbs that hit soap water in case it would happen inedible inedible so this floor this floor this room shouldn't theory take as long as it takes to mop you mop the floors right if you have carpets you, you vacuum the carpet there's for sure not a kazais uh, on those carpets if you want to be from so you can go ahead and even get it uh, what's it what's the steam steam you know again it's a nice thing but again you're talking about commerce so you got to know what's where you're your time and what your money is but you can vacuum the carpet check your your areas where you bring comments if you're an adult when I when I have my my when I didn't carpool once upon a time um, my car I never checked I never ate in my car I never brought comments in my car ever I don't need my car I don't, you know, I didn't check my car. I, I never did, never did it. Now you have to, because my kids, even though I, you know, they really, my wife's car is posh like a cafeteria. <laughs> that car needs, like, a serious cleaning. Although she's become more stringent over the years. But there's no way. She's carpooling, she's kids. There's no way you can do that. And I can, now I still do it, because I, I, I do take some of the kids. And But, you know, but if I didn't, I'll have to check it. There's nothing there. So if you're rooms, we don't really take it. You look at very quickly at your cabinets, your areas. One thing that we have to always check in our bedrooms, pockets. Pockets of coats, pockets of jackets, pocketbooks. Always check every... I mentioned to the men recently, <laughs> constant question I get is, check your luggage. Because after Pesach, Rabbi Levine, you know, I just found a granola bar in my suitcase. And, okay, I was there on Pesach. Okay, Normal is forbidden. You want to come to Pesach? Could you rely on other things? Maybe, but not a good thing. So check suitcases. Suitcases are areas where people tend to leave chametz. Okay, people take food on planes. They take carry-on bags. That's for sure. All those things should be checked. But in general, the room should take very quick. If you want to do spring cleaning, close on tight. But don't blame that on Pesach. And you know that shouldn't that shouldn't have to be part of the process. If you have little kids. It takes a little bit more because you're actually going to look in the areas where technically their hands can reach. So if you have cabinets in your room or you have a dresser really high, um, I have kids all ages. I'm not that worried about that really higher. But anything low, I ch- we check, right? And what about toys? Oh, we have toys in a second. Toys you have to check very well. Uh, but but that, we try the rooms now. Uh, that's that that should be those areas should not take. Really, in theory, the non-food areas where you eat should take a minimal amount of time. Right? A minimal amount of time. That is what it should take. Right? It should not be, you know, uh, you know, and again, there's people who are going to be machmer. I, I'm a, uh, you know, some people take a machmer at certain things, but I'm, I'm more machmer about enjoying Pesach. <laughs> so, I think I'm a machmer on that. I, it, it's a good to be machmer on this. It's a, it's a Jewish idea, but not again cost-benefit analysis, right? What? Well, how are you going to come in by Hallow and Pesach be with energy, excited, happy, right, enthralled, and even before ever Pesach, not screaming at your husband or your kids? You know, like, how are you going to be calm? You know, like, that's not you don't come into Pesach. Right? So if you want to be mo- more machmer, great, but it's, but realize at what you know at what expense. Um, that we're talking about Pesach, so there are those, so you're talking about bedrooms, stuff like that, I'm actually, uh, it's primarily for them, but anyone can come, it's going to be a lot of Gemara, 
But I'm going to give a class on Shabbos this Shabbos afternoon, Blina, on cosmetics. Um, the whole sugya of cosmetics, a technical class, not a halacha class, but more, more uh, technical. But right, we talk about cosmetics. So I started putting up a couple of years ago because the medicines that the, the CRC thinks Ramesha is mocked about uh, about uh, ethyl alcohol because it can be distilled. And so there are people who are careful about things which have ethyl alcohol, which are liquid-based. Not, I mean, not soap bars, but it would be liquefied, alcohol, perfumes, these type of things. So for, for those things, if you want to be machmer, which is not a bad thing to be machmer, I would put away things that have ethyl alcohol. Many people are today stringent about that. Uh, it's not edible as is, but it could become edible. But anything, I'll give you a, a prelude to show, anything, even if you have, if you have shampoo, that would have weed in it. If you would have soap, that would have weed in it. The minig is not to use that on Pesach, but it's not chametz. <laughs> it's not edible. If you'd eat it, you'll be seeing Dr. Hartman or Dr. Allah. Jordan actually had an operation, a surgery patient here for Shlomo. Um, but you'll be, you'll be seeing them. You'll be sick. <laughs> you know, I know it's eating shampoo. So you know, so even your when people tell me they're going through all their shampoos, I'm like, well, they're crazy. You know, don't use shampoos in a chametz. That's a minog. But to, to look for it, you don't have to use to look at. Ethyl alcohol, and that's it of cosmetics. Um, toys, toys need to be checked um, if you have little kids. So, but or dogs, or dogs. Do they? Do they? But, but I imagine they're not. They have lots of toys. They have toys, but they're not. They're not. They're not they don't have hands, so uh, they have claws, and so they. So and they don't have the IQ even even of a, a four year old. So the dogs are challenging, but kids are more challenging because kids. Because kids actually can put things in closed areas mm-hmm. and put it in there. Dogs, you gotta look under the couch. You gotta look around. My kids actually think, I'm not sure, I, I don't remember what it's like to be a four-year-old or a three-year-old, but there's some idea that they have to like store things and hide things yes. in like the weirdest places. Uh, you know, like if I left Shifra with like cookies somewhere, I don't know where I'd find them. Um, Right, they can put it anywhere. Right, so you gotta check. You have little kids, toys, any play toy. You gotta open the toy. Um, since toys come to eating areas, it's in toys are around. I would just recommend. I say this every year. What's our best friend on Pesach? Clorox. 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 everywhere. Right. Target, I, I, every year before Pesach, I I take the the, the wipes, the Clorox wipes. I buy stock in it because I'm gonna push for it. Right. You know, you got Clorox wipes. You take the toys. If there's anything that can open or close, you look really quick. Otherwise, take the close. Ten, six seconds, done. Next, six seconds. Next, six seconds. You know why? Because even if there's a crumb on there, what happens to a crumb? An edible, right? So nothing to worry. Nothing, nothing to uh, worry about. Now, Pesach clothes also uh, fine, but if you since you can wear your clothes to the table, um, if you have an outfit that you wear every Shabbos, you should make sure to either wash it or check it. For the simple reason is that outfit may have crumbs on it, and if a crumb would fall onto the table, right, your, your pajamas, don't worry about. Right? First of all, you're not eating your pajamas, and if you are, there's, it's, you could assume it's not a problem. But at a table, any table clothes, means people wash their clothes in general, and they wash their clothes before Pesach, but you should make sure that the clothes are washed, that you're going to wear to the Seder, uh, uh, before Pesach. Okay. Um, important thing which I always like to bring out is 
garbage, uh, the not only the vacuum cleaner, but the bottom of it, but the the, the, the bag of the vacuum cleaner. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I say it and how many times I get it every year. Oh my goodness, we're living. I forgot to get the vacuum cleaner bag. And Mama says, now, what you're lying probably is enough comments, it's probably unedible, but get rid of it. It's it's has a lot of comments very often in there. Vacuum cleaner bags, if you use a broom, the bottom of the broom should be cleaned, or you use another broom for a Pesach, especially the brooms in the kitchen, right? It's washing the floor there. So that that should be, I'll make sure to check the garbages. Uh, uh, the garbage can should be cleaned, uh, right? Ideally. And the outside, the garbage cans should uh, buy, I think most people have pick up either Wednesday, Thursday, right? That's right. Wednesday, Thursday. So, either become a fellow of Mrs. Gedalia, so you can give her your garbage, you know. She doesn't own her the garbage over there. Or, you know, or turn her house pay something. It's very easy to see, because Shabbos is so far earlier. Uh, but if you're going to have chametz, it's not so simple to put in your garbage can, especially, you know, put it there on Thursday. What are you going to do with it? You mean your garbage can for, for the whole Pesach. So, get make sure to get the garbage out. Uh... We actually, against the Chumrah, we actually clean our black garbage can, but technically speaking, it's, you can spray something there, and it's, uh, so, and, and even without that, it's not edible. Yeah? Um, rings. So, uh, rings, if you need challah, or you put it, or you use it a hot thing, and you're gonna be wearing it on Pesach, you should pour boiling hot water over it, right? And clean it. You can clean it with a toothbrush or toothpick as well. If it has, if it, if if it has uh, grooves stuff like that, so. But you should, uh, you should. Uh, some people like using ammonia on jewelry. It's supposed to clean very well. Same thing with uh, if you have a metal watch. If it's around hot foods, you should either not wear it while you're cooking on Pesach, or uh, you know because no, 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 just for cleaning it beforehand. Uh, but if it's, if you if your ring touched hot kala, if you pick up your kala with your ring hot, right? That means your ring is now chametz. Mm-hmm. So you got to put pour, pour, pour something boiling hot on it. Yeah. Yeah. If it gets, if it falls down the though, the shul gets it as a donation. So. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I wasn't serious. I got them. Huh? I got them back. Oh, you got the back. Okay. Uh, yeah. So it should be. Think about it. Your your, your ring picks up boiling hot challah. That means it's chametz stick. Right. It's it's very simple. Now you get to pick up hot stuff on Pesach. With the ring, right? You got to be careful about. You got to be careful about that. Okay. Um, tables. Any table you eat on. Oh. Yeah. I also mention every year because I have those dentures. Oh, so oh, so dentures or dentures or retainers or bi plates. Mm-hmm. So um. So, one thing a person should certainly the price can bring down is that some say that you don't eat hot enough food that it can yeah it's less but you burn your mouth if you eat it um, but for sure the place can say you should try not to eat hot comets 24 hours before Pesach 
with a bite plate or braces. Or anyone who has that 24 hours of a place should not eat hot foods. Uh, so, so as I said, uh, hot foods. Uh, some put it uh, a cleaner and some try to put it into boiling hot water if it won't get ruined. So just, uh, there are different opinions about it. But, but definitely, uh, you can't uh, totally clean it to rely on certain coolers with it. But, but so if you have braces, I don't know, which is, or metal, which are more problematic than anything else, one shouldn't eat common. No one has braces here, but that, that, would, that would be cool. Okay, tables. Tables, it, it's uh, a table in your bedroom, which you don't eat on, no big deal. But the tables you eat on, that's really, really, really needs to be cleaned. Well, so the first thing I do with tables is, let's say, take this table, take an ammonia wipe, clean the table with an ammonia wipe. Right? Then, since you're not, you're not pouring boiling hot water on this table, or any table, to my knowledge, let's say a pure metal table, and you make a big mess. Uh, what I say is you should put on a waterproof top, Layer number one, and then and then a tablecloth on top on top of that, and then you're okay. That's all you have to do, right? Why waterproof? Because what happens is if you take uh, a non-waterproof thing on it, or, or or you could put aluminum foil, it will also be fine. It's if it if it rips or something sprays, right? You want to make sure that it's that it's not a, a like if you have a cloth tablecloth on it. It's not just anything. You have hot soup, your matzo ball soup, you worked hard on, and it pours, it goes through the cloth. Not, and all there is a table there. You know what happens? It's a big Shiloh. What just happened over there? Table's comment stick. Cleaning it just takes off the comments that's on it. But the table, this table, right? The chulant one on here. The hot kala on here. The hot, the, the, the noodle kugel over there that was hot on here. Every, every house you have hot pasta. The pasta on the table. So what happens is you have a tablecloth, a cloth tablecloth. And it gets wet, it seeps right through the ta- right through the, to the table. So you either want to have aluminum foil or some kind of um, waterproof paper under it, and then put a tablecloth on it or mats, or you have a plastic uh, uh, a, a pad. Also, plastic sheet, right? All that. Well, I just want to be more that if you're going to use a tablecloth on top of a regular table, you have to be careful for hot spills. So you don't want to. You want to have a second thing below it, whatever it may be. Hard plastic works also. Yeah. Okay. Question. Yeah. Um, tables throughout the living room and family room where people set things down, should you cover those with plastic also? No. If you don't eat there, no problem. The only reason it's because... But the cups go on. But it's there. nothing... You the, you, right. Not the guys. But, but you're not putting... <laughs> first of all, it's like this. You're not eating off there. Right, and it's not that you don't. You don't. Do they have? You eat hot breads there throughout the year? No, or do you have meals there? So, and it's only with the table you're eating on. You have to be super careful because there's no nullification. Because there's an inner But any other table in the house, there's no reason to cover. You we clean it. Like, take your all you do for that. Take your best friend, the Clorox wipe. Seven seconds. Viter. You know what Viter means? For onwards. And you're listening to Shwaki or whoever you're listening to that thing. You know, I'm gonna have a good say, right? As you're doing this, um, don't get too excited, though. You know, you, you, you know, me, me. but uh, you go onwards. But the table you eat on, both the kitchen table, dining room table, that you better make sure you do a good job of covering up in case there's a spill or hot, anything like that. That's what you want to do, okay? Um, shelves in closets, um, pantry shelves, in other words. So you, you have food there. 
very cookies and crackers and stuff. So you want to make sure to clean that well. Uh, you want to make sure that to do an, uh, not only to do an ammonia wipe there, but to actually try to see there's nothing yeah. there. Um, technically speaking, that's fine. There are people who, because of Pesach, like to put uh, either newspaper or parchment paper or some kind of paper below there. Uh, yeah, eight, yeah, contact paper, all good. You don't have to. I mean, unless you're putting your hot soup in there uh, or your coffee in there, I mean, there's nothing that could happen in there, right? I mean, there's no, there's no reason to do it. If you're worried that you have stuffed crumbs there, okay, so you make it, it's an extra buffer. I do it. We do it. But if you ask me, do you have to do it? I don't have to do it. You know, it's not. Um, you really don't have to do that. You do have to make sure you clean it well because there are crackers there. It's in your kitchen. So you don't, you don't want to just do a mono if you actually want to check there's nothing in there. Uh, but after that, if you, if you have to wrap it, <laughs> I would say, I got like aluminum on the pantry drum. I think it's like, what in the world is this? But, uh, you know, whatever, it is what it is. Maybe they like to look at themselves and smile at the aluminum. I don't know. But there's no way you have to put anything in your pantry doors. Um, fridge is a different thing. Um, Refrigerators are. She came all the way from Yushalayim for this. This is unbelievable. I said she came all the way from Jerusalem just for this. Um, so, so fridge, fridge is a different thing. Fridges, first of all, you're gonna have lots of hot foods coming in, coming out. Uh, so you gotta do a really good job in the fridge. <laughs> the fridge is where you wanna spend time. That's an area you wanna spend time in the fridge. Um, you wanna make sure, to, to not only take your aluminum wipes, you wanna make sure that the plastic is checked in the crevices of the plastic. You wanna make sure that after you cl- cleaned it and checked the fridge area, every area where you're gonna put food on, that has aluminum foil or newspaper or contact paper, whatever you want, that, the fridge is an area it's important to spend time because you're putting hot foods in there even if you put it on a trivet the reality is people on Pesach are putting hot foods on there there's a second issue that it's wet there's a halacha called kavish which means if I would take kavish is soaking if something soaks and if I take a pot and it has something non-kosher in it there's never heat that the pot will become trafe after 24 hours because of kavish so I put pig fat into a pot, wet pig fat into a pot. Don't get excited, right? It's in the pot. It's there for 24 hours. That pot is treif. That's called kavish kumavushal, right? Kvisha, right? Soaking is like co- cooking. So if you would have something sitting on chametz, cold for 24 hours, and there's wetness there, it'll be a problem. So the fridge, you really want to make sure that it's done a good job. That means not only the shelves. That means that the plastic areas, because it may be hot, a hot pot may hit it when you're coming in and out. That's an area where you want to spend uh, time on. Um, Clorox wipes, check it, and then cover it. Yeah, there, see, I suppose the pantry said, the pantry, the shelves, the shelves should be covered. Either with aluminum foil should be covered. Yeah. The racks. The fridge, the shelves, yeah. The racks, you have to yeah, so that the air would... Okay. Yeah. Oh, you mean if you have, like, the... There are, there are um, plastic, um, plastic liners that you can just put 
Also, right. What about freezer? Same thing. Also, also something, right? It's not like the pantry. The pantry is a big chomer to do that. The fridge, you should freezer, you should definitely line it. Um, people want to sell chametz, which is perishable. That's fine. You can put, you can put, you can put on sale. I'm selling. Uh, every year, I saw people have breads or beers or whatever they have. It's in the, in the fridge. It's fine. You can do that. If they mark off that area, okay, the the, th- the the whole side door or the the shelf, but, but halakhically, it's totally fine to do that. I, I remember I went to the son's house when I was younger in Pesach. I went to get something, and they told like the bottom shelves, like, you know, the fruit shelves on the bottom. So so weird. I went to get something in their fridge, and it was like it, it was translucent. You can see like the bread. It was like, it was, like they had taped it, and they had taped it off. Um, but like, you could see like bread like, I was getting something like, I'm like you know getting like this $50 ketchup from Pesach with like a geffen you know and you can see the bread below so halakhically it's no problem to sell parts of your fridge it's demarcated but it should be covered it should be aluminum foil it should be something where you cannot see the chametz there's halakhic reasons for that right so anywhere and, and throughout your house anyway, any, anything that's chametz you know people ask me the break front you know, they're going to sell the break front it's chametz to the kalim you know, you have uh, fancy china, right? That's not a problem because that's really there's no chametz there. You know, you can't use those vessels. But it's not chametz. But anything where it's actual chametz, you gotta it has to be out of sight, marked off and out of sight, demarked. Yeah. So if you have um, dishes every day dishes, you don't have to cover. I always cover my regular china cabinet. It should be. It should be. It, it should be so sealed. sealed. It, no, no. no. Seeing it, you want. No. There are those who want to do that, but that's a big chumrah. Yeah. But you don't have to. You definitely do not have to. But it has to be sealed. That's the marked chumrah's lock that you shouldn't come to use that vessel. But if it's demarcated and shown that you're not going to use it, it has tape with, you know, warning, you know, you know, like poison signs and toxic chumrah's and stuff like that, you're okay. But if it's bread, Crackers, pretzels, you know. By the way, the checking, I, I said, I've said this story many times, but I'll never forget this. I was in a, I went to visit a, 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 a friend who's a rov, and I was in his house, it was Pesach, Chalamet, I'm sitting back at his table, we're talking and learning. I'm like this, I'm looking at his wall. I'm looking at his wall. I'm serious, I'm like looking at his wall. And I'm saying, is that pasta? His kids' project was on the wall where they had the theater, and you're so so kids' projects. Before I forget, you gotta make sure that they don't have projects around that have like noodles or pasta or anything or jewelry. Who knows what they, they make like that? You have to make sure. So that's but literally, I was at the table. I'm looking at the wall. I'm like, what? He burnt the burnt the project. You have to burn, it's not drinking, but it's a project. That's what you have to do. What? So Yom Tif, Mary's Yom Tif Shani, with getting a guy, Yom Tif Vishen, you cover it, whatever it would be. But uh, you gotta, you can't, you have to actually get a guy to take it off the wall. You can't have it around like that. Um, okay. Um, now, just make sure I did all the. Okay. Right. 
appliances. Okay. Um, actually, before that, before that, um, you know, I mentioned the ring could be a problem because you take hot challah, hot pastas, and the rings become comments, right? So there's other things that the minig is that anything that comes to the table has to come to the Pesach. So your leichters, your candlesticks, if it's on a Shabbos table and they're metal, right, over the year, somebody pours hits soup into it, hot challah into it, uh, etc., you have to actually, you should do hagal on it. So if you don't want to do Hagal on it, you can clean it and just put it off the table. But if it's on the Yom Tov table, it should be the vinegar is the kasher. Yeah. If I have a tray, it's on a metal tray, and then I have another piece of metal tray. Yeah. So if it's, if it's an, again, if it's if it's if it's the tray would block anything from getting near there, and it's astronomically. It, not really, then it'll be fine. But the minute is, if, if it's metal, and it's around chametz, you're not, you're not paying attention. So the question is, with the candlesticks, do they touch, or the candelabra, does it touch? I think I normally, you know, boil it, because I, I put it in the oven, and then I put it in the oven. No, just like, oh, that's for sure fine. That's, that's, and it's only if you put it on the table. If you, like, in my house, I stopped putting it on the table because of the kids. I put it in the kitchen, in the, in the dining room area, but I put it on a on a little like uh, china thing. I don't. Yeah, exactly. It's, I can see it from my table, so that I don't have. There's no reason. It's on your food. It's only because it's metal, and if it's near hot food, it could be a problem. Okay. Um, high chair. Uh, high chairs. Uh, kids eat hummets. They eat hot hummets. So, uh, you have two choices with high chairs. You can, uh, well, you actually have one choice because they're all made of plastic. You put boiling hot water and put one cover or you double cover it. Most people just double cover the high chair. You put like a, a waterproof thing and you put something on top or you, you know, that, that would be. But if it's hard plastic, all you have to do is really wash it down. Because your friend is to chloros. No, 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 no. If you're not going to use it, if you're not going to use a paste, that's all you have to do. But if you're going to use a high chair, that was used for the year on Pesach. Hot oatmeal hits the high chair, right? Or your kid has kogel, right? Or, or, or pizza, right? Now, you would say, why are they holding me a one-year-old hot pizza? Don't ask me. It's always the fathers who give the, the kids the hot pizza, not the mothers. But uh, the kid has something hot, right? And it goes in the high chair. That, if, that high chair, is, that's comets. So you got to cover that. You actually have to have a cover on it. Because it's, it's like your table, like your dining room table or your kitchen table. But on the tray part, not the rest of the chair. Just the tray. The tray. Just the tray, yeah. I have a situation where I don't have high chairs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a same thing. Tra- it's all the trays, the same thing. Okay, but there's two of, yeah, two of the trays have never been used. Mint condition, nothing to do. Okay, but then, that's the question is, one of the trays have been used only for cold food because you know, was, was so young, she, but it had Cheerios on it. Can I use the other two trays, make one of them pasted it, and then... Why not? Yeah. Okay. So, yes. I also have a booster, 
and there's been certainly comments there. But and there's a it's plastic and it has a like a a plastic liner thing that they sit it's on. on the seat. Yeah, seats are not eating off a seat. Oh, well. No, no, you're eating hot foods off a seat. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, you should clean it well. That's, yeah, that's fine. Okay. Um, okay, so now we're getting to actually koshering materials. Uh, so just remind us, what could be koshered? Metals could be koshered. Stone could be koshered if it's purely stone. Like uh, in Israel, the, the countertops are uh, shyish. Which is not pure stone, right? So you can't kosher them. Um, earthenware cannot be koshered. Plastic and rubber. Um, certainly the Ashkenazim do not kosher plastic on Pesach. My is against koshering plastic. Some say throughout the year. Pesach, there are those who allow it. Uh, some Svarim, some Ashkenazim. Um, glass, we don't kosher. Svarim will kosher glass used with cold. Some, Kosher pirates, but most today actually do not, right? Uh, and so therefore, if you won't kosher pyrex, that means if your your glass went to a dishwasher, it was also with hot water. So it's hard to say you can kosher glass as well. But we'll get to that in a second. So just uh, corel and pyrex uh, is glass, right? China, according where silverstone, porcelain, and nail, it's all stone. All that cannot be koshered. Uh, included with plastic is melmac, Teflon, Corian, Formica. So most of that we try not to kosher, uh, uh, try not to kosher. The hechsherim don't, do not kosher that for, for Pesach, something like that throughout the year. Uh, because plastic's not found in the Torah, it's a, que- it's a questionable material whether you can kosher it. Um, with the Haggala here, I don't let anyone kosher purely plastic things. On Sunday there's Haggala. But if somebody wants to kosher enough of the plastic candle, I say, listen, it's up to you, you should know something about the whole of it. Um, but, you know, that it is what it is as far as that. Um, just very quick, what cannot be koshered? Okay. Plain wood could be plain wood could be koshered, but most wood I've never seen anyone putting plain wood besides kids' projects here. The wood's treated wood, heavily treated wood, chemically treated wood. That should not be koshered. Um, so things to put away uh, before even that: put away cookbooks, put away recipe boxes, put away benchers. Put away toothbrushes. Um, in my house, all the, see, I, I don't have to check Svarim. So I have a rule in my house. I, I, I learn a lot. I don't learn at the table. I read all these Ma'amis and Mishpachas. And, uh, I don't read it anywhere else. I, I, my kids read it, but I read it when I'm eating. So those magazines are Mamish Chamech in my house. You know, that's, uh, that's when I read them when I'm at the meal. If, 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 if I eat by myself, I eat the reason I put the magazines, I sell them. Right, I don't, I don't check them. But I saw it. But but anything that you would have on the table when you're eating, right? Magazines, benchers, cookbooks are certainly around. Chametz recipe boxes. Sell them. Don't check it. I mean, don't sit there check it. Just put it where you're selling it. Sell them. Right. Those those should should be put away. Excuse me. Yes. If there's a lot, there's a whole book stand. Cover it. Just cover it. Cover it. Right. Or, no, no, cover it. Tape it. Just, just cover yeah, it. Tape it. Put comments and sell it. You don't have to move it. And sell it. And sell it. Oh, oh those you don't you and sell it. Yeah. So those you don't Okay, things that cannot be koshered. The no matter how well you clean it, it's anything to do with bread, 
flour, wheat is not kosher. Right? Uh, mixers, bread machines, big parts of the bread machines, obviously, baking utensils, uh, crock pots, colanders, graters, um, pasta makers, <laughs> sandwich maker, just in case the waffle irons, blender blades, toaster ovens, surprise, surprise. Uh, all of those things, come what may, we're not going to kosher. Okay? Things that uh, we will kosher are, and I recommend to kosher, let's see, uh, is kiddush cups. should be is all metal things. Uh, I always say that you should have nice kiddush cups. Actually, this year, I got these 3.5 ounces for all my, my guests. They're, they're stainless steel. So that way, I, I, I feel comfortable to get the shear. It's 3.5 ounces or $7 each at Eichler's. I got like dozens of them. <laughs> they're great. But but for, for yourself or anyone else, you're supposed to have your nicest stuff in the, the, the Seder. As I started out, this is our wedding, and we're going to be rejoicing at a Pesach. We're supposed to be so happy. Right? So you should have that. Many people say have, uh, you know, so, a cutlery costs so little today. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's a joke for cutlery. So most people today have a separate set of cutlery. If you need certain pans or whatever, so the halacha, just remind ourselves, it has to be completely clean not used for 24 hours and uh, and not clean not only not used for 24 hours but completely clean and not used for 24 hours so and these those two criteria then you need to do Hagala just remind us Hagala has to be boiling water with the actual bo- bubble if you would lose the bubble you have to keep it there until the bubble goes back and then where we do it here to make people's lives easy and they do it correctly uh, when I see people do it themselves I stop them because it has to stay there for Close to 30 seconds. I don't know why people think it's like Tefillah's Kalim. It's like two seconds, you're done. It's not true. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the water has to pull out the Isser, okay? It's not Tefillah's Kalim. Tefillah's Kalim, I do Tefillah's Kalim, you should see. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm quick. People say Kakal quick, I can do Tefillah's Kalim super quick. You know, or, or I'm using the. You need all of the Holocaust Tefillah's Kalim, submerge some water. Half a second. That's all you need. It has to be submerged. You can't have any chatzitzes. You can be hold. But that's it. Hagavah, that is not true. And people have this, I don't know where they get this from. They can put it for three seconds in the water. It's kosher. Not true. Yeah, it's close to 30 seconds. 20, 30 seconds. In the water, what Hagavah is doing is it's pulling out the bleus, the absorbed taste. It's just stolen. Excited? That's great. Uh, ready. You ready? It pulls out the paste, right? You're pulling out the. We also used to put a uh, uh, heated or a, uh, no, we didn't because the stones used to burst, so we would go mm-hmm. to put a, a large screw on top of the burner, get it red hot, and put it in the water. So, so that would be yeah. So that so that you would do if you didn't have a big pot. If you had a pot which couldn't go into the hot pot, our hot pot's quite big. If you had a pot which couldn't fit there. So you'd have boiling hot water and have another external Libun type thing and put it in an overflow. That's true. But what we're doing here, if someone comes here, I'm he- I actually watch because I want to make sure people do this right. Uh, or I do it for melody of all. It's, it has to be there for 30 seconds. It has, cannot have been used 24 hours. has to be clean. You should not be coming here with tags or sticky things, or etc. Uh, on, on Even if you use it with a tag because... Really, technically, for Tefillah's Kalim, that would have to be off. Uh, so you do a Hagal. Hagal works for 
things used cooked with water. It doesn't work for frying pans. Okay? Now, most frying pans, you can't kosher anyways because they're Teflon. But some people like the, you know, like the, like the ones you imagine, like, uh, Oklahoma in the 1930s for the Cowboys, like all, all metal, no Teflon, iron, right? Right? So those iron, pure iron, uh, frying pans, uh, you need to do libun. So you can use a blowtorch for that. Or you can put it in something. Well, well, very well, if you have plastic candles, you can't. Plastic candles, don't even try to catch the face off. Get a new, get a new, get a, get a frying pan special to face off. Yeah, um, but you can put it to yourself in the oven. Okay, what? So that works for the kitchen. What about the kitchen? So life is good with the, with the, with the, uh, with the uh, your burners. Actually, got, I started getting burners questions right last week. It's electric. Electric or a piece of cake. Electric burners are great. What do you have to do? You turn it on for 15 minutes. That's it. You're done with those burners. Uh, you still got to cover the area between the, with foil. If you have a metal top, some people put boiling hot water. Or, or you cover it with aluminum foil. Wrap it. Um, the area below, though, should be checked. You know, it should be... You know, the, the dip area, if you can pull it out, should be cleaned or, or, or covered. Uh, but the burners themselves are fine. Uh, if they're gas, my number one suggestion for gas burners is you take the, they're also, those are iron. I've done it many a times. You can put it in the in the oven. Good as gold. Right? You've done it for her? Okay. Uh, good friends. So you, they work good as gold. If you don't have a self cleaning oven, you can invert them, put on, uh, either a block or a, um, or aluminum foil, turn on for 15 minutes, it will, the fire will go down onto those burners. It's not as sturdy, so I don't, I think it's easy to self clean up, but that would work as well. Uh, glass or corning, as far as I'm concerned, cannot be kosher. I, I, there's multiple people in the community who have them. I say you can go to, uh, Walmart, uh, Walmart, uh, Home Depot, you buy burners, they're $15. You can put it, you can cover the whole glass area, plug the burners and put it on top. You can still use the space, but don't, I, it's, it, it's really not possible to kosher. I saw the CRC has some crazy idea to, how to do it. I'm not saying they have nothing to rely on, but first of all, if you cover the middle area, you may ruin your glass stove top. It can crack. And second of all, it's just, uh, most of, it's not worth it, and most of the actually don't like it. I'm not saying they have nothing to rely on, they do. There's some big tummy dechum involved there. I just don't think it's a good idea. <laughs> it just, it, it's like, uh, you know, it, it is not a good idea to do that. So, uh, the drip plants should be, uh, cleaned very well if you have drip pans. Yes? Gas stove, you have the iron tops. Right. In the self-cleaning oven. Right. Well, it locks self-cleaning, whatever it is. Uh, you take it out, aluminum foil. No, no, no. Those are those are roasted. They're good. Yeah, they're good to go. Hundred percent good. What you, you should aluminum foil is the area around it. That should be aluminum foil. The area around the burners. That's things where people spilled throughout the year, right? That should be you aluminum can foil. Buy the ones that are heavy foil from uh, Orchard Supply or any Awesome. Yeah. Do you have to put boiling water on it? Some do. If you're going to double wrap it, technically, no. 
If you're going to put two levels there, technically, you know. Some do, though. Just It's not a bad idea, but you don't have to. What should definitely be done is the backsplash, the whole back area of the sto- should be aluminum foiled very well. The pants hit there, everything hits there. Backsplash should be done very well. Okay? Double is just, technically doesn't need to be double. Double is to make sure if the first layer comes off, you have a second layer. If one's enough. Um, uh, the range up top, if you have an overhead, uh, if you have vent, the vent doesn't go on in Pesach, ever. Because <laughs> that, 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 uh, you don't think about turning on the vents. What? It will spray things out. You should clean it well, first, as well as you can. And then that should be double covered as well. And don't, right? It's, it's almost always trafed, anyways, that area, because milk goes up there, meat goes up there. Uh, but don't think about using that fence on Pesach. The back wall again should be covered very, should be covered very well. Ovens. Um, self clean oven. Hashem loves you. <laughs> or your husband loves you. Or you love yourself. Um, Either way, you're, you're, you should be doing a jig. Because life is very easy. You just turn it on. And you're good to go. Some are machmer. I include myself in this, but this is a chumrah. To cover the glass door of the oven with aluminum foil. Because that doesn't get as hot as the oven as well. I happen to think it's a good idea. That glass door, people... When you you have... The first thing you think drops on it. When it's open, you leave it down. Things drop on it. Um... Uh, and second, people put their their pans on it. They have a lot of things. They're, they're moving things on. They'll actually very often put boiling hot things. They take their gloves. They put it on the door of the oven to other things. Whether you do that or not, um, it's a nice idea. You don't have to do it because, technically speaking, it probably gets the 900 degrees that the oven gets at some level. You know, and the, you know. But if you're going to do that, it's not, I, I, if they care for how you tape it around, you know, just take a little take a skull. But if you have self-clean, it's a standard oven. Um, standard oven. So the minaka oilum is to clean it very well with easy off. The racks should be given to your friend, Rachel Sadovsky, who has a self-clean oven. <laughs> I'm just going to set up a schedule that you can bring the racks down. Uh, or to any of your friends who have self-cleaning ovens. Or blow-torched. And... Uh, Burn it out for two hours, or some say an hour, after not being used for 24 hours. After the easy off, after the cleaning, you burn it out. The racks are more problematic. If for whatever reason you can't blow torch your racks, and you can't, um, and you can't uh, self-clean them, some put an insert, some put aluminum foil on it, and they just cover it. But the racks really need to be cleaned better. It's like literally things sizzle on those racks, and 500 or 550 doesn't, it's not considered libun. Okay, which is what a, what a standard oven goes to. Uh, self-cleaning is libun, we paskin, but 500 or 550, which is the highest on a standard oven, is not libun. And those racks had challah on them, they had all kinds of breadcrumbs on them. So, uh, Ramosha says, on a standard oven, you should always use an insert. If you, I think if you put the racks in self-cleaning, you, you can, what to be, uh, so reliant on the Dominic is to be makel, but racks people really try to either blowtorch or self-clean, and the rest of the oven you can do as is. Okay, broiler if you put ever food in it directly, don't uh, or warming drawers they shouldn't be kosher. Uh, blacks, black can kosher really 
now as far as I'm concerned, unless you're going to blow a torch at and clean it well. But a hot plate, um, hot plate you can clean very well. Right, a plata, you clean it very well. Aluminum foil. Some people will pour boiling hot water on it just to make sure. You double cover it. There's no problem. You use two layers of aluminum foil on it. It's not, there's, no, there's no issue. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I happen to cover it during, you know, normal times. So even better. To put food directly. Yeah, so, so, so I could use that. I would, um, yeah, but you should, you should make I sure to uh, first uh, clean it off and put two, I'd say put two layers of aluminum foil I on it. Do that. Yeah, I don't know. Say so that's even better. Yeah, I mean, there's no, there's no transfer. Right, it's no. It's not like an oven where it's sitting baking in the, around the oven. It's in the front of the air. So you have a bomb heating element which is covered. Just to make sure to clean it very well. Some will pour hot water over it. Microwaves. Does anyone have a metal microwave here? Okay, so microwave, plastic microwaves cannot be koshered. Metal microwaves. Some, if you, the glass tray can't be koshered. But some would say you can kosher it. Um, some are mock but some say you can definitely kosher it. You take a glass of water, right? Put it there for, for 15 minutes. Don't make sure that some of the microwaves could actually break from this. Just be careful. Um, and, you, and you move it again and move it for another 15 minutes because the cup where the doesn't take the glass tray off and that's how you kosher the microwave. Uh, if it's all metal. If it's metal, if it's plastic, nothing to it. If it's a convection, uh, if it's a convection, Microwave, then. I didn't know there was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Then nothing doing. Then you're asking for trouble uh, from on multiple levels. Um, sinks. If you have a porcelain sink, ceramic sink, you can't kosher that. If it's all metal, now I've had always all metal sinks. I will tell you, I think it's. I do it. I kosher it, but I think it's extraordinarily hard to do it. If they get all get on the side, it's not, it's about usually a three, I have like this, you know, this, this new square, I think you got this for us, right? This new square invention, like a, a kettle you pour over the, the sink area. Um, um, if you're very careful, you dry off the area that was, that was done, and you do it again, probably could do it if you're, if you're patient. I, I always uh, recommend whether you do that or not to use an insert. An insert could be like, uh, like a, you know, a dishpan. A dishpan, but a raised dishpan above. Well, like in Lakewood, they sell it an insert. Anyway. We have inserts that they sell in Lakewood. It has a hole in the bottom. It comes out the water. It works very well. Like those are the best. Rabolski, who one of my rebbeim, who just passed away, who was a post the way, he would tell everyone to use inserts. It's just much easier. Some people also don't use hot water. On Pesach, then you have no problems. Um, the top, the, 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 the spout of the sink has to be cleaned up there also. If you have the one that can pull, you can pour boiling hot water on that. If it's if it's a standard uh, nozzle, uh, you can't you can't get it. So that that's also is yeah. Um, part of the which being plastic? Which part? Yes, yeah, so you really. So that's so you you could try to pour whatever hot water you can. But it's, you, some people say it doesn't kosher, some say it does. So yeah, if you're using cold, cold water or luke, lukewarm water, 
if it's 95 degrees, it doesn't transfer taste no matter what. You're not going to have a problem. It's the only time it could, the only time it could be a problem is if you have hot water. Like, you know, some people wear gloves. You know, they, you know, that's, 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 that's the type of thing that, that the word transfer taste. So if you use lukewarm mortar, anyways, you wouldn't have an issue. Technically speaking, you wouldn't have to catch the sink at all, because we know transfer of taste. Right? Because there's no way for the taste to transfer. It's only hot water which could transfer. What about covering the sink condition? No, I cover the sink condition. If you want to, maybe if you need, like, clear, like a clear waterproof thing? Foil. Yeah, aluminum foil, I don't think it'll last too long, a table cover. But some people put like a clear, like waterproof, um, like a tape, not like tape, what's a, um, Contact paper. Some people do that. Yeah, you could, it's not a bad idea. Yeah, but if you're using an insert, not using hot water, like, you can go, you could, oh, you could do ten things if you want to. I mean, cause sink is really an area where it can be problematic, you, problematic. But think about it. If you're not using hot water at all, technically speaking, you'd have no problem if you wash your dishes within 24 hours. If it sits there, you have a problem of kavish, of, of sitting there. So, If you're not using hot water, I mean, it's very hard to cut where the water comes out. How are you going to capture that? What? I mean, the handles we turn on and off. Yeah. Why would you cover that? Why would you cover it? Yeah. Um, oh. Is it nice? No, I don't see a reason to cover it. I mean, I mean, what? I've seen people cover the whole. Yeah. Can I tell you what the rationale is? The rationale is is maybe hot pasta during the year hit that. And you're gonna pour something hot in that area. I mean, if you're pouring into the sink, there's nothing, and you're just, there's no transfer of heat there. If the person wants to do that, I'm not against it. It's questions, you know, it, what do you need to do that? You don't, yeah, you don't need to do that. If you want to do that, it makes you feel more secure. Is there a possibility? Yeah, there's probably a possibility. I'll tell you, as I said, the fridge, the backsplash, the sink itself, the part of the sink where, where food goes, that you should be very careful. So, the sink, Ice, you know, if you have a pure metal thing, I do do, I do, I, I kosher it. It's very hard to do a good job. I'm going to say this over. It's hard to do a good job on it. I do it. Why? Why because you have to have the water boiling, yes. hitting the whole area. Sinks are not straight. They're going on angles. And you don't have enough to go there. So when you, when you, when you, when you want to do the second barrel of water, whatever it is, to first dry that whole first area completely. Because if yeah. there's cold water there, the Haggadah doesn't work on it. Right, and you have to hit every spot. I think that's the best. So what do you put? Just pour it. It is the best. Down. So if you're going to do a very thorough job, it's spend 45 minutes on it. You you can do it. Spend more than 45 minutes. That, yeah, but uh, if you're going to do that, then fine. If it's going to be very quick, it, you know, I would say, you know, <coughs> again, if you do, if you have an insert, you're not using boiling hot water. You should do that as well. You know, people in ceramic, anyone with ceramic is not cashing this thing. So just, I'm pointing out, you know. What you, you can do. Now, what if I, yep. uh, I'm sorry, you said an insert. You mean the, the thing you put at the Not the rack, the not a rack. The an ins- rack no, 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 no. At the bottom of the sink, you put a, a rack that is right, raised. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. Not okay. that. And then your dish pan over it. Like a dish pan, right. Okay. Now, this is not what you were talking about, this rack? No, the, the, the pan. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's, a good, it's a pan where it has a hole in it. Yeah, you wash in the tub. Oh, right, you get one for meat, one for milk, and you wash in the tub. That's the best. But if you wash in the tub, you have no problem. Yeah, but, oh, never, nobody washes their dishes. 
what he means. We'll do. Yeah, it never put like directly in the center. Oh, 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 oh,
salads. Um, so, uh, by the way, with gloves, the latex gloves should have no powder, right? Some of them have powder. Those powders are, uh, are kidneys. Right. Did I miss anything? You said plastic can't be kosher? No. Plastic, the minute is not the, the, the Moshe holds you should not kosher plastic, and that's the general minhag. Okay? Um, as I started off, finish, right? Then it pays off is really supposed to be a, uh, an unbelievable night of happiness, of joy, like a wedding, with excitement. This is just getting us there, and, uh, I, I give these suggestions in this book, but it's our own things. We should be coming in, with that, uh, with that goal of it's our wedding, the whole point is because to Hashem, the process should be that way. Anything that takes a strict, the stringency should be, uh, you know, you know, not just trying to make it easier. She's bringing these, these things you could buy for Pesach, ready made, no? Foods, uh, meats, stuff like that. You know, you have all these things made of potato starch. You can make, like, you know, it's unbelievable you can get a potato starch estate. It's like, it's unbe- mind boggling. I can have a loaf of bread made of potato starch. Cakes, the cakes, those cakes, which are shahakal, you know, I'm waiting for the fat-free version, but even without that, right, <laughs> and it's unbelievable, there's so many things, but the point is, is the process, it should be the simcha, it, it, we should not be kvetching, I, I, you know, I, I, someone, someone's getting married, and they're kvetching at the wedding, I'm saying, aren't you happy to get married? Right, this is, this is, big, this is joy, it's, Pesach is all about joy, it's all about psychology. It's all about mentality. If we realize that everything we're doing is just preparing ourselves for the wedding and for our marriage to Hashem and Pesach, it, not only the wedding should be beautiful, not only the marriage should be beautiful, but the preparation as well. Okay, thank you. Okay.